All right, welcome along to this week's RT Soccer Podcast. I'm Raf Giallo. It's a big week for domestic soccer with the return of the League of Ireland, the SSE or Tristy League Premier Division and First Division kicking off on Friday. Fixtures for the opening weekend in the top flight, Dundalk v Derry, Shells v St. Pat's, which is going to be live on RT2 and the RT Player. First of 15 live games we're bringing you through the season. Then there's Rovers versus UCD, Finn Harps versus Drada, Sligo versus Bowes on Saturday. And to preview this, We've got Anthony Pine from RT Sport Online, James O'Toole, a veteran of this podcast, and Graeme Gartland, um, who, who knows exactly what it takes to succeed in this league. Lads, welcome along. Hi, Raf. Thanks very much, Raf. So yeah. how's your, how's your off-season been? I'm taking, like everybody else, busy, 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 keeping in contact with what's happening across the league. Um, Graeme, you got, you got off to a fine start Friday night with a bit of co-com, so you must be well ready for the league, are you? Yeah, it was. Oh, it wasn't a great night for it in terms of the weather and stuff. But it was and being up there in the gantry myself and Con. Uh, but it was good. Actually, it was good to get back into the game. It was a great crowd at it. For it was the biggest crowd for the Presidents Cup. But it was it was a great atmosphere because we were right above the Pats fans, and um, so it was really good to sort of whet the appetite for the season to come. Good stuff. Um, so we are going to go team by team for this. We're obviously going to start with Shamrock Rovers, the champions, and kind of work our way uh, sort of down more or less last season's table. But before that, James McMahon from RT Sport Online has been summing up what's been happening over the first three months since the FAI Cup final. Less than three months since the fireworks and the penalty shootout drama of what was the highest attended cup final at the Aviva Stadium, the League of Ireland show resumes with another instalment. The close season brought about much activity with the Premier Division managerial merry-go-round seeing Stephen O'Donnell depart St. Pat's for Dundalk, Tim Clancy moving down the road from Drogheda to Richmond Park, and Kevin Doherty stepping up to take the drogs forward. In the First Division there are new appointments at Waterford, Longford and Athlone. As things stand, up to 90 players have been signed by clubs across the top flight. All right, so that is James McMahon um, just summing up the last three months uh, since uh, uh, Robbie Benson scored that penalty for Pats in the FAI Cup final. Um, Shamrock Rovers, of course, everyone's favourites, uh, Graham. Um, lots of squad depth, as we saw during the President's Cup final. In terms of weaknesses that you might see, potentially, are there any that kind of jump out that give the um, chasing pack a chance? Um, people always point at a lack of goals from a maybe an out-and-out striker. Um, that the They'll point to that, but like I said to you, we, we myself and James have spoke about this on this uh, podcast before. Is a lot of our goals come from the midfield players just uh, in, that play behind the striker. So the likes of Aaron Green will, will, will chip in with ten goals. The likes of uh, Gaffney will chip in with ten goals. But then the, the top scorer is Danny Mandroyu. So that's where our goals come from. Is that support midfield player? So, um, I, I do think they get enough goals in, in throughout their team. So. In terms of maybe pointing at that one, I still it's not an issue as long as them midfield players keep scoring. Um, it's all about it's all about their application towards trying to win a, a tour successive league. It's very difficult to be on top for that long because you're constantly being chased. Um, but it's something that they, they were able to manage last season. I think with the crowd coming the crowds coming back more from even at the start of the last season, there wasn't crowds in and then we filtered back in. I think that performance has sort of went up, especially during that middle middle uh, section of games when they had the likes of Pats at home and Dundalk at home. They put in really good, strong performances. So 
I think it's the mindset they're going in and how hungry they are. And, and I, I don't think you can really question that at the minute. So the, the, there isn't a lot of weaknesses, um, but it's up to other teams to try and exploit whatever they feel is in, in that and try and catch them. I, I don't feel enough teams who are challenging, particularly the likes of Sligo and Pats took enough points off Rovers last season. I, th- I don't think Pats beat them at all. And if you're going to try and take something off somebody, you have to, you have to, especially in competitive sport, you have to be willing to, to take it. And it, and I don't think Pat's done that. So it'll be interesting to see what comes about from the other challengers this season. Yeah, you mentioned the, uh, I suppose, the goals being spread around the team. I suppose James um, Idemo Emaku would have started the President's Cup final. So that was kind of interesting. Obviously, a young striker seemed to do well in pre-season. Um, do you see more of a role for him this season? I think so. I think, and Graham and all this, we spoke, as we said, we spoke about this loads of times on the podcast before. I think what they've done this year is kind of reminiscent of what Stephen Kenny did at Dundalk. It took a couple of years for Stephen to get a settled squad. And now Steve Bradley is adding ones and twos to it. He's not adding a great deal to it. And with Jack Byrne coming back in, Andy Lyons, I think, is a great addition to the squad. I think for as far as defence is concerned, Mentioned it already. Graham's mentioned this before as well about how little goals Shamrock Rovers give away. And if you can bring the likes of Andy Lyons into it, that'd be great. I think they will be pushed more this season. I think the other teams around them will push them more. Will they push them enough? I'm not 100% sure. I don't know. Anthony, you've been looking at the season for as well. Like your opinion on where Rovers go from here. I think the two people they brought in is probably enough. They have a solid team. They showed that last Friday. They're starting 11 last Friday, probably not strong enough, but once they emptied the bench, it was. Yeah, I, I agree, James. And it's a good point because I was looking, if you look sort of ahead of today, just coming onto the podcast today and over the last few weeks, if you look at the, say, Derry and St. Pat's, who are the two that really most of us are expecting to put up more of a challenge to Rovers this year, there's a lot of um, incoming players and outgoing players what Shamrock Rovers have is um, they're settled. They're settled. And the two players, that the two main players they brought in, Jack Byrne and Andy Lyons, quality uh, and also proven in the division. So they're going for a third title in a row. It's, it is difficult, as Graham alluded to there, it's difficult to keep that hunger. But they, there's nothing about them that suggests they're, they're going to lose it. And when you bring in two players like Jack Byrne and Andy Lyons, like just that fresh injection of quality keeps everybody on their toes. Uh, a big feature of them the last couple of years, like like any team that wins the league, uh, if any title winning team tends to score a lot of late goals, um, which is an indication, I guess, of their fitness levels, their hunger, but also the depth, you know, being able to bring off good players in the last 20 minutes of games where you can sneak, you know, a late winner in a lot of big games, important games over the course of the season. So, I mean, I think like as from a neutral's perspective, we all hope that there's a bit more of a title race. And, and certainly we can see that, uh, St. Pat's looks strong and, and Derry City for sure looks strong but um, you know Rovers it, it, it is ominous you know they, they look settled they look they've got quality you know they, you're asking Raf, is there any weaknesses they, they haven't got weaker that's for sure so it's more the question really is have the challengers got sufficiently stronger to push them more so you know that, that's the big question and uh, Graham, in terms of squad depth, um, Barry Cotter is another player there that's a, that's an option, just 23 years old. Uh, do you see uh, more of a role for him? 
Yeah, I think Barry can play anywhere across the back five. He can play in either wing back positions. Um, he played a lot left wing back near the end of last season when Ronan, but he played right wing back when he first came in. He played right side. I think his debut played as a centre, centre back up in Finn Harps. So he's one that gives you a lot of cover. So, for example, you could have six, maybe five attacking players on the bench and just have him on the bench because you know that he can cover across your whole back back line. So that gives you that options that Anthony's talking about that we need to go and score a goal here. Let's let's put on our attacking players knowing that you have one defender that can cover them, cover all their positions. So yeah, he'll play a role whether he, he becomes a starter, that's up to him and, and how well he, he performs in the games he is playing in and in preseason. But I think the lads made really good points that they're not weakened. You know, they, they, they might miss Joey O'Brien in terms of his leadership ability. And, and, he, and how vocal he is. But again, Pico Lopez has grown into that role really well in the last couple of seasons. Uh, I only spoke to him the other day about just how much he understands the game a lot more and tactically how, how much he's willing to, to implement that into the into his team. So I, I thought Andy made a good point. Have the other groups around them got stronger? How quick will them new groups settle we went through this at it, and, and James would remember this because we flooded it in 2000 and in the start of 2005. We, I think we had something like 14 new signings and we just didn't know our team. We didn't know each other. We didn't know the manager. We didn't know. We just were so raw going in as a, as a group. It was only till around probably July that we got a settled group, settled team. And we got away of playing and then we, we built momentum. We ended up being successful that year in terms of winning an FAI Cup. But it took us, it, it did take us a good, we were out of the title race, I think, come June. But it did take us probably six months to settle. Now, by the way, we were training twice a day. Like we were doing 10 sessions a week under Paul at the time. And it still took us that long. So that's where I think the likes of Pats and Derry with their you know, the changing of all these players and moving in and out. It is going to take them a little while to settle. And if it takes them too long, you might be out of it. Anthony, just from a settling point of view, we've mentioned they haven't taken too many players in. There's a couple of players there, the likes of Leo Ferrugia, who needs a big season, an injury-free season. He's had awful trouble with his hamstring over the last couple of years, even from his UCD days to Rovers days. But as well as that, Richie Towell as well. It's going to be a big season for those two players, especially when you bring the likes of Jack Byrne back into the squad as well. Can Jack Byrne and Richie Tell play side by side with each other? There's one go and attack and one sit back. It's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic works. Yeah, it is. I mean, I guess from Stephen Bradley's perspective, this is the luxury of having such a deep, competitive squad. I mean, it's, it's, he's essentially asking the question to Richie Tell. You know, obviously they brought in Jack Bourne, which you know was a no-brainer. He's such a good player. He's he's going to enhance any squad, no matter how good you are uh, in the, in the Premier Division. But really, like I mean, for Richie Tell, it's now right. You know, he must be thinking I got to use this pre-season or off-season to come back and maybe prove a bit of a point in a positive way, in a healthy way. You know, th- this is what good players do when they come in to a squad. You know, as Graham makes the point, like it's. It's not, you know, 10 new players coming in. There's there's two, three bodies coming into a, a squad that has a very um, defined way of playing. They understand what's been asked them, what they have to do, what the manager expects of them. And for Richie Tell, you know, Jack Brown coming in, like, 
it might just spur him on. We, you know, it might just he might find new heights. Just don't forget, like he absolutely tore the league up four or five years ago. He's capable. Um, how Stephen uses them will be very interesting in terms of will it be will it be a rotation? Will he find a new system to try to try and fit them all in together, uh, or will he just let them at it and say, okay, let's whoever's training the best or playing the best keeps the jersey? Um, I don't know. It's, it's it, it remains to be seen, but um, they're in a healthy place. I mean, I'm not way like I, I just don't think that it's ever a bad thing to have good players, like several good players in, in the squad. Like I know people are saying he's got maybe too many midfielders. How's he gonna how's he gonna fit them all in? But like you kind of have to trust that he's a good enough coach and they've a good enough coaching team to figure it out because good players um not not they don't just bring quality, they're they're generally intelligent and adaptable. So if you're asking them to do slightly different things, they they kind of can twig onto it pretty quick. And there has been off the pitch in in regards to uh, the ticket prices, uh, just a bit of an issue uh, there at Chamber Rovers in regard to category A games that have been brought in this season. So that's going to be 17% of their games, home games against Bowles, Shelburne, uh, Pats and Dundalk, with the adult prices going up from €17 Euro to €20, Euro, and it doesn't affect season tickets. Now, Rovers have... Um, given their rationale for it being in regards to rising costs. But obviously, James, it's not going to go down well with, um, I suppose, the vast majority of fans, especially now we're kind of coming back to a period where we are trying to get crowds back in. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I'm, I'm sure they've, they've looked at it. They've looked at the figures. They understand what might be happening with around the league. Um, it is... It's probably per timing. In fairness to Shamrock Rovers, they've got to look at themselves. They're trying to put themselves forward as a very, very professional club, be that on the field or off the field. Um, you've got the likes of Roadstone is something that every single club in the League of Ireland should be looking to achieve. No question, no doubt. The team on the pitch, every team should be looking to chase them, fight them down. And I suppose as a board or as a fan-run club, as they would claim they are, you need to look at how you're going to fund that kind of stuff. And if that comes from a couple of games a season against the, the Dublin rivals plus Dundalk, maybe they've looked at it. Maybe they've looked, you know what? They have got some pub, bad publicity over it. I think the worst thing about it is now that everybody's talking about the, the, the cost of living at the minute. And that's, they've kind of, they probably handled it badly in that type of PR. Um, but yeah, the, the issue here is that last season we had an issue where certain clubs wouldn't allow away fans into the ground. And then that was backed where other clubs got petty about it. But, well, we're not letting your away fans in and we're not letting them. And you just hope this doesn't snowball now to a case of, well, if you're doing it to our fans, we're going to do it to your fans. And that's not what we need at the minute. We need bums on seats. And we were getting there at the end of last season. We were getting there at the start of the pandemic. The crowds are starting to build. It looks like our builds, crowds are going to build even more now. And the demographic, uh, Graham, as you've probably seen on Friday night, the demographic now is young families, young kids with dads and moms, young girls by themselves in groups of girls going to matches. Stuff that if you ever go to the continent in Germany, you'd see this. This is just a normal thing. But League of Ireland wasn't. And you just hope that that now doesn't start a petty battle between clubs and stops that growth happening. Hopefully it won't. I think it's probably a little bit over-egged at the minute what it is, but it was just bad publicity for Shamrock Rovers going into the start of the season, I think. I'm not too sure what Graeme or just, Anthony thinks. Just to, and it's not, obviously, 
everybody knows my affiliation to the club, so to come on and go are defending them. It, that's the way it's going to seem. I get that. But they're the cheapest season ticket in the whole league. They're the cheapest season ticket. So as much as you're saying, well, them, that they look after their fans, they want their own, as much as everybody wants their own fans in the ground. They're the cheapest season ticket. They're the cheapest season ticket for a child. So, but when you're talking, I'm glad you said the whole thing about fam young families coming. They have the best facilities for young girls to actually be able to go to the toilet. The same yeah. grounds in League of Ireland, if you go into an away end, that costs you the same. You can't even go to, and I'm not about what about ism. So I don't want people going like, oh, but they're, we don't, they don't have facilities. If you need to up your season ticket prices a little bit so that you can provide better facilities for the people coming to your game, put it, put it out like that. So if you're the likes of the clubs that haven't got these facilities, you want to say, do you know what? I'm up with my season ticket prices because we want to provide better facilities for our families to come to games. That's no problem. Rovers have the best Rovers have the best facility in the league. They have the best product in the league. They, they've the best training facility in the league. And that comes, like James said, and I, I'm glad you said it and not me because it sounds like I'm just doing, but that comes at a cost. True. Yeah, it does. And, 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 and that's why we're able to then get, you're able to get them people into the ground, young families into the ground where they're comfortable. They're not, they're not going to toilet port lose. And that's where, the, that's, that's where the, the investment needs to go to. So I'm glad James made the point so it didn't seem like I was the one, but I agree. I think it's a little bit, like you, the, the timing may be, but I agree it's a little bit um, hyped up at the minute. I'd say just to add to that as well, I think the, the jump for these games is from 17 to 20 euros. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Something like that. So, it, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's not an enormous jump. And I, I would have thought for the games, bowls, shells, pats on the dock. So these are the games that they know are going to be, you know, probably their biggest home gates of the domestic season. I would presume that with that, maybe they have to, have more stewards is there more policing yeah. maybe a, a more uh, another food vendor and stuff like that so i mean when you take all that into account and and also considering the fact that the league of ireland i think we'd all agree that it, it's a real positive that children families can go to these games now so with that like if, if the cost of a little bit of extra security or just the you know uh, people bringing kids and stuff feel a little bit safer i I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it personally. I, I don't think it's such a big deal, I have to say. I, I think this is a pretty minimal jump for those particular games. This is just four games, by the way. The rest, I think, are the same. And I don't think the price changes there have... I don't think they've changed at all in a, in a long time. Uh, and also season tickets, as Graham said there, um, remain good value. So I, I, I personally don't really have a problem with it. Yeah, and uh, as you said, uh, James, there are plenty of bums on seats uh, at the President's President Cup final as Rovers won it on penalties against Pats. Uh, looking at Pats, like they were really impressive in that first half, especially with the new signings, Owen Doyle and Mark Doyle up front. Um, but are you surprised, Graham, um, just how how quickly they've gelled given Tim Clancy's just come in and like a good portion of the team that won the FAI Cup uh, final, you know, that they've kind of moved on. I was really surprised at how well they done on, on Friday, I have to say. And I, especially when you look at the, it's probably the first time the back line have played in a competitive game together. I think James Abanko was the, the only player that was with Pats last year that came into that back five, if you include the goalkeeper. And I actually thought he was excellent until he went off injured. Um, but the likes of Anthony Breslin, really good player, comes in from Bowes, uh, done really well. 
Red, Redmond, who, who uh, Clancy would know, brought him down from Drogheda. And the young lad, Scott, who's on loan from Wolves, he settled really well into the game. Forrester was probably, him and Lennon, I thought, were excellent on the night. I thought they were really, really good. It's probably the hardest, I, I said at the time, it's probably the hardest I've seen Forrester work without the ball. I thought he was excellent. I thought him and Lennon, Lennon in particular, I thought defence, from a defensive point of view, covered covered so much ground on the day. I thought it was really, really good. Doyle had a, um, Mark Doyle on the left had a bit of an indifferent evening because he started the game really, really well. And then after he missed the chance, he, he sort of just went missing for a half an hour. And he, he didn't even bring any energy. And then the start of the second half, he just explodes with the goal where he, he goes outside again and he cuts one across. And, and, it, and it was Lennon was the one that was backing her up. So it, I was surprised. I, I think... They've done really well to keep a hold of, say, the likes of Paddy Barra, who might have went back to Dundalk. I think Dara Bournes um, brings them a lot of energy. I think if they can keep Len, I, I think if they can keep 13 to 14 players as fit as they can throughout the year, uh, I, I think I think they'll come together and have a and have a little bit of a push. The European games then come into, you know, because they're going to be maybe a bit light through them games with in terms of a squad. So. But I was surprised, pleasantly surprised in terms of how well they done. I thought he played really well on the night. I thought he, um, and I thought I actually said at the time in the commentary, I felt he should have won the game. And I think even Stephen said that afterwards that um, Pat should have won the game before it went to penalties. So I just thought they were a little bit wasteful in front of the goal and a little bit indecisive in, in the last tour. That probably cost them. And then the keeper does make a mistake. And he might be a worry because they were so used to having such a good goalkeeper last season, too. Yeah, and James, in regards to like when we look at last season, obviously finishing second was great progression, winning the FAI Cup, uh, an extra bonus on top of that, and a really, uh, really great day for the league as well. Of course, with the with the huge crowds that were there. But um, what is the what what do you feel is the target there for Clancy? Is it sort of consolidating that top four place, or is there is there scope for pushing on a little bit further and trying to close that gap to Rovers? I think the gap to Rovers will be closed anyway this season because I think the four or five teams around them will be bigger challengers than they were last season. Um, I think 100% agree with Graham. Poor Mark Doyle, he was off to a flyer and then there's that one-on-one where you look like it's put your left foot through, you've scored, and that's him up and running and his momentum then continues on through that game. That killed him, absolutely killed him, especially for that first half. I think he carried that around a lot. I think he's a good signing. I think Tim, Tim has been one of my managers of the year for a little while at Drada, for what he did at Drada on a shoestring. I think managers generally at St. Pat's are backed for at least two, maybe three seasons to see how they can progress. I think this is going to be a great challenge for him to see how he can do. I think Owen Doyle will be an absolute smashing signing, not just for him, but for the league. Because a name like Owen Doyle, the names like Jack Byrne in the league, people kind of go, oh, I, I know him. Or I recognise him. Like, for instance, if we look back over the last number of years of Owen Doyle's career in the UK and Scotland, he would have been the top goal scorer across all leagues up until the last two or three months of the season where he'd either get injured or he'd be in a, a relegation or, or some kind of battle with the club he's with. And he's just a top, top quality lad. I remember years ago, myself and Tony O'Donoghue, when he was at Chesterfield, went over and interviewed him. And the people at Chesterfield loved him. He seemed to get on really well. So I think he will bring goals. I'm really 
excited to see how Olabi gets on. Have to see to see how he gets on in that Pats team, because I think with people around him who can supply more to him, I think he could get off to a flyer. I I, I think they will challenge. I think the the top four is definitely where Tim needs to stay. If he stays there, that's a good result for them and maybe a run in the cup because St. Pat's fans love the cup. Um, I don't know. They're the two, they're the two or three players I pick out. Anthony, who would you pick out of out of who they've they've gone with? Like um, I know the goalkeeper last year was massive for them, and we've got another lonely goalkeeper this year, so maybe that's where. Yeah, I I, lo- I really like Mark Doyle as well, and I, I agree. I think he could be a very good sign for him. I, I I'm just going to be obvious and say Owen Doyle, um, just because I think he's he's a massive signing for them on a couple of levels. The first thing is that when they won the cup, like there's a natural momentum that comes with winning a trophy like that, and like there was a danger for St. Pat's. They were they were unlucky, you know. Within a couple of days, the Stephen O'Donnell talk is swirling. You know, he's he's gone to Dundalk, and the dust barely settled on that cup win and then all of a sudden this becomes you know grabbing the headlines in the news cycle so bringing in Owen Doyle was a, a real shot in the arm for the whole club for everyone and also for Tim Clancy coming in you now Tim has done a great job at Drada for the last few years like they it took them a while to get out of the first division which is I know we'll touch on it later but it's a difficult place to get out of they hit the woodwork a couple of times in the playoffs and he took them up and he's a track record of making players better, having a good eye for players, developing young players. You only have to look at the, the guys who've gone from Drada this year, who've moved on, like James Brown, Killian Phillips. Um, you could go back to Luke McNally when he had a stint back to, in, in Drada a couple of years ago and he, he went over to Oxford. Um, but this is, by his own admission, it's a different type of challenge for Tim Clancy. And he's spoken about that and he knows that. Like, this is a pressure now, a different type of pressure. A Drada, it was... Can we stay in the league? First of all, can we get out of the first division? Now, can, can we stay in it? Uh, which they did. Now, you know, he will be expected to, to stay in that top three or four and get closer to Rover. So it's a, it's a, duf- a difficult job. Um, I think they've signed well and they've also kept some very, very good players that they had there. Um, but again, as we've already said, uh, as Graham sort of gave insight to when he was at Trotter years ago, like it's just how well can you make them gel and how quickly can, can you bring it together is, is the big thing. But I, I do expect Pats to go well this year um, and you know hopefully maybe push Rovers a little closer and, and see come September even, you know, can they, are they still thereabouts winning four or five points? points? You know, that's progression for them. Um, but it's, it's a big challenge. Yeah, and Derry City are probably the club that have been expected to maybe push on furthest given the signings they've made. The McElhenney's coming back, Michael Duffy signing, of course, the funding from Philip Doherty, of course. Um, Graham, I suppose Rory Higgins has been playing it down, as you would naturally do in these sort of situations. But realistically, are, there, are they second favourites or is it sort of uh, maybe pushing the can a bit too far in that sense, given the jump they have to make? Um, to me... Derry were always a Derry were always a top a top team or a top club and and that sort of they had that area sewn up of of producing players and then the, the players would go away and always find their way back to Derry at some point it was it seemed to be like that um they have lads who have been the team that have won leagues like McElhenney and and like um like you said uh, Michael Duffy who previously played there and have gone back so that way that there's no settling in period from them I think Matty Smith's a really good signing for them I think. 
when you look at the likes of Duffy and McElhenney and even McGonagall, they're really good on the ball and technically good players where I think Smith brings them a bit of pace and a bit of power that he's, he can stretch the game for them at times. Um, I really like that centre-back's tall. I think I think he if he can grow, if he can become a little bit more dominant and aggressive in terms of controlling his back forward comes in experience, I think I think he's a really good player for them. So I think with the investment, I know they brought in Brandon Cabinet as well, who who can light up a game at any given times, and they've invested in a goalkeeper. Brian Mark came in from Bray, so they have invested, and in again, how quick they can settle. Um, I I think going up to Derry will be a tougher task than it has been throughout the years. Um, and if they can get the home record where it's a really tough place to go, and as long as they're good on the they're good on home and they can pick up results away from home, they'll go close. Um, now they're in Europe, they have to deal with that, and have they got a big enough squad? If they can stay as close to Rovers as they can, uh, and uh, and Pats as they can after the European run, that's when you can see right are they able to to you know manage the squad well enough through that period to then go right let's have a push. And if they can do that, I think they'll. I I believe they're probably second favourites due to the fact that I think um, it'll be a tougher place to go up up to Derry. Yeah, and as Graham said there, James, uh, there's no settling in for, period for a number of the signings there. Like the local element, places like Derry, probably Cork City uh, would be another example in that sense as well. It is huge uh, in a place like Derry. Yeah, it is massive. And it's it's one of the, the stranger things for a club in the League of Ireland because Brexit has brought its own challenges to Derry because Inishown would have been a peninsula where a lot of these young kids would have come into Derry and played from, for Derry. Like even if you look at the likes of Mark Barron and stuff like that, um, you would have got them from there. And a lot of kids from there now are starting to play for Finn Harps through the great job that Kevin McHugh has done through the underage setup of Finn Harps. He's done a quality job there and, and taking players away. But personally, I think it's one of those things, as Graham mentioned in 05, when they, they took until the mid-season break almost to be able to kick a ball to each other properly with the amount of people they brought in. I think that might be a case with Derry as well. So the good thing about Derry is you now have the person who's led assists in the League of Ireland for many years in Duffy playing for them. A lot of goals, a bit like Sean Rovers, weren't coming from the, the front two or the front three for Derry. It was all spread around the team. Like, for instance, I, I think um, Ronan Boyce was the leading goal scorer for Derry for a large period of last year. So that's an issue with Derry. But now bringing in the likes of Duffy, Maddie Smith, I think is going to be an absolute treasure. Akitunde is still there. So there's a couple of players still there. So the supply now will be there where it might have been missing last year. The defence, I think, is fine. Brian Maher is a quality little goalkeeper. Like I say little because he's only small, but he's, he's played so much international football under the under-21s. He, he's been in pressurised situations. He knows how to deal on the field, he'd be able to work the back four as well. I think that added with a little bit of local knowledge through the McElhenney's and through the likes of Owen Toll, stuff like that, Kieran Harkin as well. I think that helps the club and that's what the club's always been built on. Will they challenge? Fingers crossed they will. They'll put it up to Derry. Will they win it? I'll be Rudy Higgins on this. I don't think they will. I don't think they're setting out to win it straight off. If they do, it would be a shock especially to me and it will be to Derry fans as well. I don't know what you think, Anthony, whether they win it or not. But I, I, I think a good run, a European spot, and then build from there will be good for Murray this season. Yeah, I, I, I 
don't think they will. But like the thing about Derry, though, I get the sense with them is that they don't. You sort of feel this is they're not going to go anywhere. Like they're going to be thereabouts for the next few years. Like they're they're laying the groundwork to be challengers, not just this year, but next season and the season after that. Um, I like a lot of the stuff that they've done in their underage setup. Paddy McCourt has done a lot of positive work there. Um, they won the end of the Gold Cup, didn't they? Uh, just before Christmas, I think, this year. Uh, Jim Guinness was involved, uh, involved with them there. Um, and the recruitment has been smart. Like McElhenney and, and Duffy and Patchy and the players like that. Like It's not just, obviously, McElhenney and Duffy know Derry, they're, they're local players. But they know what it takes to win. You know, they know what it takes to churn out wins week in, week out, and to deal with that kind of pressure. And I think we spoke before uh, on the podcast before, uh, Raf, um, as you as you said at the top of this discussion, that like places like Derry, it's like oh, these one club towns, like momentum can be momentum is a big thing. And really, like if they start to build momentum up there, um, who knows? Like, but I I still I don't I don't I don't think this this year. But as I said, like, I, I just get the sense of them that this is like a longer term thing. They seem to be certainly making all the right noises just from the outside looking in. They seem to be saying the right things and prioritizing the right things and sort of kind of, you know, really good coach, by the way, in Rory Higgins as well. And sort of just the noises are, OK, look, prog- progress, step, baby steps. You know, it doesn't have to be all all or nothing this year. And we throw the kitchen sink at it. Um, so maybe not this year, but in the next two, three years, I think Derry will be will be scrapping at the top of the division and, and uh, we'll get there maybe. We might, might, might try and get a cup, a good a good run on the cup or get to the final and get get the hands on some silver where it gives them that taste for it, doesn't it? And that's, that's yeah. the thing that, that then builds that momentum you're talking about, Anthony, to then go, well, you kind of go and challenge off the back of we tasted a bit of success and we want more of it and that, that actually pulled your squad together as well. So that that's that's where, like you said, they mightn't they mightn't win the league outright, but if they can go and win one of the cups, it gives them a platform to then go and build on that for the next few few years. Yeah, and Sligo Rovers, again, you kind of mentioned the local element. That's huge there, especially their academy has been very productive in the last few years. Johnny Kenny coming through, John Mann. Unfortunately, they've all gone now, Graham. Um, how big a blow is that? Um, obviously they're gonna get money back for it but in terms of the actual talent that they can use this coming season it must be a bit of a blow yeah and it would be yeah you've lost basically your two best players in your team if you if you take that over team of any team let alone Sligo who you know would probably I, I, I class Sligo as being very inconsistent last year there was and then they became where they just couldn't get a result for love nor money for a, for a, a long period or we were we were talking about we couldn't see where their next win was coming from at times, and how they stayed and toured for as long as they did, and the run we were on was it was a miracle at times. But um, yeah, losing goals out of your team is massive. Losing clink, you're going to probably lose clean sheets out of your team, and you lose um, man at the back as well. So it's a difficult one. I know they've. I, I think they signed a New Zealand lad today. Max Mata had just come in. I seen that signing got announced, and they brought back Aiden Aiden Keener from Falkirk. So they're obviously trying to to make up for the goals. Um, there was times I watched them last year and I just didn't know what they were. With the ball, I thought they were really good and, and okay on the eye. But against the ball, I, I just thought they were so easy to play against. Um, 
there was a lack of intensity about them when they gave the ball away. It was real. It, it, it became like where it was sometimes you think, I think they're playing a friendly at times because they, they'd let the other team have the ball and then go, and we have a back wheel player air tempo as well. And there was no change in that. So I think it's a strange year for, for um, Sligo because I think all the teams around them have got better. I think, I think Pats have got stronger and I, and I think Derry have got stronger. So the only team that's probably close to them that didn't improve this year might have been Bowes. So I think they're probably going to have a fight on their hands to get into the top four this season, and especially when you lose the good players that they have. Yeah, and yeah, as you make as as you say, um, Sligo are probably the most vulnerable of those teams that finished in the top four last season. Like if we talk about Bowes now, as you mentioned there at the end, but they've also lost a number of players. Um, how like Keith Long's obviously very experienced. He's been there for a long time, and he's built a bit of a squad um, but again departures is this a season of sort of transition for them it seems like we say that every year with 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 balls again they're losing the top goal scorer in the division so how do you replace them goals um it's a very hard thing to do you've lost legs in midfield with ross tierney you've lost uh, buckley who would have been the captain and would have been the one that was that was driving them and demanded them standards. They've lost the centre back in Rob Cornwall. They've lost the right back in Lyons. They've lost the left back in Breslin. And I know Tyreek Wilson is there, but they've lost a lot of players that have been probably some of them have been at the club a long time. Um, and I know Georgie up front has only been with them a season, but they've still lost them. I, 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 it's probably one of those with balls where you need to see where they're at after a couple of games to see what what's gonna come what's gonna come of this. Keith has a lot of experience in rebuilding and how to get the squad together and, and keep them together and build sort of a, an atmosphere in the group that might help. But I, I think it's more of a wait and see with these and um, see if some of the young players are able to come through and, and, and fill the voids left by the players that, that have left the club. And Anthony, we were talking about Dawson Devoy a few weeks ago where it seemed he was on the way out to MK Dons. Obviously he stayed, so that's one positive at least. Yeah, of course, and, and Jamie Mullen as well. And, you know, just looking at the players that they brought in, Jordan Flores has come in. Junior, I think, is is going to be important. You know, they kind of need him to to help fill that void left by Georgie Kelly. Um, but as Graham says there, like, when you when you list the players they've lost, I know it's not a new thing with Bowles, but it's, it's really difficult. You know, it's so tough for them. I, mean, I think last season they had that brilliant run in Europe but, you know, did that damage their league form? It kind of went a little bit patchy around that time. Uh, it's, it's a strain. It's just a strain on the squad over the course of a season. Uh, no Europe this year, I guess. But, um, look, it's, it's, it's the same questions every year. From Keith, Keith Long has done a brilliant job every year that he's been there. But every year, it's, he does have to take little gambles. Like, you know, Jordan Doherty has been playing in the States. Ryan Cassidy is, is a talented player who's been at Watford. But we just don't know how these ads are going to react to, to this league. You know, it's, it's always a gamble. Uh, Ollie Horgan has talked at, at length about that one. I know you're probably going to touch on some of the players Ollie has brought in. Um, but, yeah, I think that they are going to have a real scrap on their hands in terms of finishing top four, top five this season because, similar to Sligo, it kind of feels like there's teams moving around them and kicking on around them 
um, and it could be tough for them this year. At Dundalk, um, obviously Stephen O'Donnell coming in um, after his couple, two and a half years of Pats, uh, there's a sense maybe that the period of, of upheaval that they've had over the last while, that that's maybe dissipating and they can build something there. Uh, do, do you kind of look at this season as an optimistic one for them? Uh, I, I don't know if you, if you look optimistic. If you're a fan of them, you're happy that they're back in the ownership of people they understand and know and people who understand and know the club and the town. So as a fan, you're looking at that. You've then got some familiarities with Stephen being back there. So many players, John Mountney going back. Uh, do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. That, that. that helps you kind of get some familiarity with even Robbie Benson coming back and stuff like that. Like it brings back those glory days of goals in Europe and, and stuff like that. It, it, it's more a case of Stephen now. You need to get down and you need to get the job done because of the way this was handled after the FEI Cup. Probably didn't leave the best taste in people's mouths. The dog fans won't care about that at all. But you now need to get your head on the pitch and start getting results on the pitch. And it starts on day one and you're not getting a harder day one than Buckingham Derry City to Oriel Park. Do you know what I mean? Where two teams with a lot of new players coming in and a couple of players who know what it's like to be in them dressing rooms. So that's going to be an interesting start for Stephen. Um, it's one of those seasons where you look at it, your first two games, you're kind of going to go, after two games, we could be six points behind here. Or after two games, we're still in it like and six points is it could be a massive gap already it's not 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 an un-get backable um, gap but still a big gap and mentally that's where it might happen i think they'll do good i think they'll take points and again this is one of the teams we're talking will take points hopefully off shamrock rovers and make the, the the run at the top a little bit tighter but he has to hit the ground running if he gets a good result against Derry on the opening night then you'll see that momentum will build from there because Oriel Park, a jammer's Oriel Park, great result first night out, under lights, it'll fly from there. And Graham, in regards to the move that O'Donnell has made, I mean, as James has outlined there, they've there's a lot of familiar faces around the squad. People have been brought back who were there during some of the glory days. But is this a risky move for him on a personal kind of coaching trajectory level, um, given he had done good work at Pats and had got them to a certain point where they were second and cup final winners? Risky in terms of, yeah, I got, he was obviously building momentum on Pats, and, and but he felt that he obviously felt something wasn't right, and, and or something wasn't there that would have allowed him to kick on and fulfill maybe his potential as a coach. So maybe he felt that the promises given to him at Dundalk was, we're going to invest in yourself, we're going to invest in the club, we're going to invest in the squad, and therefore that's what he, he signed up for. You never know what each other we're, we're coming with um, we, we touch on this all the time Dundalk had unpar- unparalleled success in this league for six years and I always say it Oriel Park's still one of the worst grounds to go to uh, to watch a game and as much as there's a great atmosphere in it so maybe you got, you got an investment to say we're going to work on the park, we're going to work on the training ground for you, we're going to work on your squad so maybe in that sense, as he was in that sense, he was given promises for the club and assurances that these things were going to come, and maybe them assurances weren't given to him at Pats. We never know. It's it's always a risk leaving a team you're successful at, and, and it's a risk going back to a team that you are so well thought of as a player to then go and be a manager because that can turn as well that you you're so well thought of, and then you you, you might do it as a manager and that can sort of tarnish a legacy at the club. But I, I think Stevens would have weighed her up and realised well 
the, the rewards outweigh the risks on this. Um, I agree with what James says regarding hitting the ground run, running, especially when you get a lot of loan signings in as well, because they have to hit the ground running. They have to feel like this is what this is why I'm here. I'm here to play games. I'm here to perform. And if it starts well for them and they do well, you can gather momentum with that. If it doesn't, you can start to start going, oh, I don't know why I came here or I'm unsure and they're in it, but they're not really in it with you. So it's important in that sense as well. So I, I'd probably, not for the first time today, but I won't, I'd probably agree with James a little bit. But don't say it, don't say it too often. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Drogheda United, in, with that managerial merry-go-round, they were sort of the, as obviously O'Donnell leaves Pats, Pats then take Tim Clancy. So they're kind of, at the end of that queue and Kevin Doherty has now stepped up uh, to take over the managerial role. Um, in regard to the season you expect, of course, there's a bit of stability there given it's a, a coach who has been there, who is now taking charge. Like, what do you expect from them? Because they survived last season, but the league is only going to get, the league is only get only going to get tougher really in terms of the clubs that have come up and uh, the clubs around them. Yeah, I, I know. I know everybody says oh, they survived. I always felt they were okay. I, I always felt they were better than the teams around them. Um, but I always felt that that Drogheda had a bit more about them than the entry teams. And I always felt that even in the games against Bowles, they were as good as what Bowles were at certain times of the season. So, um, I, I wouldn't say oh, they survived. I thought they done really well. Especially, th- I thought they got off to a great start. They really attacked the league when they first came up, and then went through a little bit of a dip, and then came around. I think they went to Dundalk. And they hadn't won in eight games, and then they beat them dark up there one nil, and that sent them off again. So um, again, we touched on this with Bowles and Anthony. Like it's such a strain on the on the squad, and you're having to produce young players because they've lost a lot of talent. They've lost Mark Doyle. They've lost Killian Phillips. They've lost James Brown. I, I think they've done really well to hold on to their goalkeeper. I think he's fantastic. I think he's the one, if I was looking at goalkeepers in the league, I think he'd be the one that I'd say he's going to come. Um, so they've done well in that sense. They'll always get results at United Park because it's such a tight pitch and they can and they can stay in the game. Kevin, I, I worked with Kevin, really good, really good guy. And I hope he does really, really well. And he stepped in to be a manager and he's done a lot of, Work behind the scenes with other clubs, the likes of Shells, and, and then obviously going to draw it and walking them the Clancy. So, I I think it'd be a tough. I think it will be a tough year for them because they're they're going to be blooding a lot of young players as well. But I think they might have enough about them to to maybe just be mid table again. I don't think they'll push the green to the top top four or top five, but I think they'll just sit just above the relegation uh, playoffs. Yeah, Mark Doyle represented twenty nine percent of their league goals last season, so that's a huge loss, uh, as you as you mentioned. And Killian Phillips, that, of course, going that, to Raffa Palace. Yeah, think, well, see, we didn't have this last year. Adrian didn't do that. Adrian we didn't have Adrian. these stats last year. Do you know Adrian, what I mean? Adrian, they just phoned it in. <laughs> proper journalists on there, one. <laughs> I promise this is a one-off. I'll be I'll be, I'll be less I'll be less researched. The homeless guy in the corner turns up there, James. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, as, I, as uh, we can we can move on from that stat anyway. But in terms of signings, then Adam Foley coming from Finn Harps. There's Ryan Brennan who knows the club well. Georgie Pointon from from Shells. Anthony, I suppose in regards to the signings they've made, and as um, as as Graham said, there they should be fine. Um, do you feel those signings will push them on? Yeah, I, I think they've made some good signings. I have to say, like I, I like. Adam Foley was a no-brainer because he has he came in, Ollie Horgan plucked him 
out of nowhere, really, to, to play with Finn Harps towards the end of the 2020 season. He went to Finn Harps, I think, in the August of that year. And Adam hadn't played in the Premier Division ever. He'd been playing with Newry. He'd, he'd had a little stint with Glenavon. Um, and Ali Horgan sort of took him from, he had been playing like uh, high end of the Leinster Senior League and he was an Ireland amateur. He was well known like in football circles, he was a talented player, but he was 30 and hadn't played in the Premier Division. And he helped them stay up that year. Like he had pretty big contribution in the run in. And I thought he did well for them last year as well. But he's based in Balbriggan. He lives in Balbriggan, uh, which is about 15, 20 minutes from Drada. So now just for himself, logistically, rather than having to commute, to Donegal, I think he was training in Dublin. Um, you know, he wasn't training with them all the time. He was training the AUL, I think, and, and then going to play games. But now, you know, he can train with Rod all the time, um, and it's it's just much less of a strain on him personally. And I think he's a he's a good signing. Like he's a good mobile, athletic, mobile, uh, strong attacker. A good focus for their point uh, attack, focus point for their attack. So I, I like him. Um, and look, as we talked already about the good work that Tim Clancy did, Kevin was a massive part of that. You know, you, you can't talk about one without talking about the other. They, they're both part of that success story. If draw to stay up, and I agree with Graham, I never felt they were going to go down last season. I think they they were close enough by the, by the end of the season, but they tailed off for the last couple of games. I think you never felt like draw to were going down. To do that again this season, I think Drogs fans would be happy with that. Yeah, you mentioned Ollie Horgan there. Um, he has talked about the 11 players or so that he's lost uh, in the off-season. And he was talking to the media last week, including our own um, Conor Neville from RT Sport, uh, about the challenge that they kind of face because he's had to traipse around Europe trying to find players. Um, Graham, would you say this is sort of their hit the toughest challenge he's faced and the toughest season Finn Harps have faced in their uh, current stay in the top flight? Yeah, I would. I would, Raf. I'd agree with you there. I think they've just they've lost a lot of people that would know the league and understand the league and and really good quality. I really like the boy Coyle that played midfield for them last year. I thought he gave them something different. He was tenacious. He was actually really good on the ball. Um, I really liked him in the games. I, I was really impressed when Oalabi was was at times erratic, but just. So um, he just worried people when he picked up the ball and he, he carried the ball so well that got him, it got them up the pitch at times. So they had a really good mix last season. Um, they've just basically been decimated. Like some of the players, like three lads have gone to Shells, one lad's gone to Derry. Uh, like you said, the strikers have gone. They've lost so much. And then you're bringing in unknown quantities. People who don't know the league... And I'm not saying they're not good players. That that's that's not what I'm saying. I, I've seen this at, at different people coming up to even the SPL that would have had really good careers down in England. And it's like you need to get used to the league. And, and it doesn't mean that they're, they're bad players or the league is is brilliant or or, in, or better than the league they left. It's just getting used to it that it's it, it's the intensity of the League of Ireland at the time can catch you out that you go. Just, why don't everybody? Why doesn't everybody drop off and let us play here? It's like no, no, we're, we're coming to get, we're coming to get it, and the ball doesn't go out play much, or it does go out play much, but it's constant. And I think sometimes when you bring in players that don't know the league and are unknown quantities, it takes them a while to settle. And that's the bit that I do feel that Ollie will struggle with that this season to get them used to it. 
I I done a thing in Scotland where we were coaching the lads who were our contract schoolboys, and the only the only Irish coach that turned up to watch it was Ali Horgan. And, and like he goes all over, he goes all over Europe to try and get these players. His heart and soul is in that club and he gives them everything. He's a great character. He's actually a really nice man. But like what you see on the camera, you'd, you'd sit and talk to him. He's a really, really lovely man. And he puts his heart and soul into the club and he's trying to keep it up. He doesn't have the finances that other clubs have. So he has to do this. Um, I think he's going to rely on the players that have been there a while, the likes of Webster. I know Bastian Heary's come in, um, who's who's played in the league as well, so he's going to be a big player for them. Um, the la- Barry McNamee as well, he's still there, so they're going to rely on these lads that that understand the league to try and get them through. But every year is tough for them, but I think this year is especially tough. Yeah, and James, uh, one thing Horgan did talk about was uh, the fact that he didn't think there was value for money in the league in terms of transfers, which was kind of an interesting take. Yes, there's, there's never been big transfers from club to club, per se. Like, um, Ollie's done well on... It can't even be called a shoestring budget, let's be honest. It's very little budget in Finn Hearts. But the interesting thing I did notice in the off-season was that they did put out an advertisement for a groundsman, which I don't think Finn Harps have ever had maybe have they grounds I think they've, they've put out they've, they've had a farmer come in and plough the pitch up a couple of times and I don't think they've come in to have someone fix it yeah. but uh, Ollie's just one of those characters he said you'd see him at a match on a Friday night in Bally Buffet on Saturday morning he'd be in Cork watching an underage team because he heard about a young lad who he maybe had to get his hands on next year or the year after and that's exactly what he's done here like some of the players he's brought in it is it is an issue and it's interesting to hear Graham talk about the young lads who are out of contract and stuff like that. I've always worried, wondered about these guys who come over on loan, on short period loans, like half season loans. Is the head really in it? Are they looking at it now? I should be playing first team, but maybe not. Do you know what I mean? And is the head in it? And if the head's not in it at Finn Park, they'll know it within the first 45 minutes. And they'll know it not just from people around them or how fast the game's going but from Ollie on the bench, because we can all hear him. And he's, he's not short of giving instructions. Yeah, and Graham, in regards to the newly promoted clubs, of course, Shelburne and uh, UCD coming up, everyone, I guess, is focused on the Damien Duff factor for Shells. And from what he was saying last week uh, at the League of Ireland launch, uh, what he's looking to do stylistically is to dominate games. But with the squad he's assembled there, do you think that's going to be a possibility? The certain games they will. Um, I, the certain game they won't be able to dominate every game. It, it's like they're not they're not at that stage of their development as a team to do that. I think like we we, we went back to the Rovers, uh, Shamrock Rovers are at a stage where they can dominate games because they have the consistency of player, consistency of manager, and they have that continuity. Again, shells don't have that, and you can't get that within the space of three months. So they won't dominate every game. I think what Damien will, will bring, they'll be, competitive, they'll be as competitive as they can be in every match because that's how he's trying to build it. I think that's what even you see all the great teams that when they're trying, or all the good teams that tr- want to go on and be successful, they, they try and be as competitive as they can in every game and stay in and be in the game. And eventually then they can build momentum or build a, a style that allows them to then develop to be dominant. So I think that's what they'll bring. Um, 
I know the way Damien is and what he's trying to do and that we're a joint of a club. He's trying to change that mentality of we're not coming up as, as a team that's coming up just to be happy to go, right, let's just finish ninth and make sure we're all, finish eighth and make sure we're all right. I think he's thinking attack the league here and, and with the investment that they've put in, I think, like I said to you, I think a mid-table finish for Shells would be, it'd be really good. I think they're going to, I think it'd be, I know, I think they'll go toe-to-toe with Bowes and see who can finish into fifth uh, and maybe try and push into the top four if, if they're around the bell to come that end of the season. But it'd be interesting to see how they settle again. A lot of new players in, a lot of, I know they're going full-time, so they're, they're able to train as well and, and, and push. And I think that might give them a little bit of an edge come the end of the season. And for UCD then, Graham, how do you see their season panning out? Obviously, it's always a challenge for them, although like, obviously the bowl is always, always a nice place to go and kind of watch yeah. football as well. It, listen, I, I get this question a lot. Like, do you, What do you think of UCD? I, I think they're great in terms of the players they produce. Uh, every year they produce quality players that will go on and have really good careers and enrich other, and not just enrich, they'll enrich the league, but they enrich, enrich other clubs as well. Um, but it's always tough for them. They, they can't get any momentum going. They can't get a string of results together. Very difficult for them. And the young, so a lot of the young players will be the first time playing in the Premier Division and they're learning on the job. And that and it's a ruthless game. Um, so I feel it's going to be a tough season for them. I think they need to get as many points as they can, as early as they can, because they're probably going to lose the two of their main players in the summer. Uh, Wheelahan and is a Kerrigan, the winger. So I think they might go in the summer. So they maybe they need to make make hay while the sun shines really well. They have them two in the in the team. And uh, if they can do that, it might give them a, a fighting chance. But I think it's going to be a long season for UCD. Yeah, and UCD, of course, stepping up from the first division from last season with Waterford and Longford uh, going down. So we'll touch on that first. But the fixtures this weekend to kick it off on the Friday at Lone Town versus Waterford. Uh, Bray Wanderers versus Cork City. Wexford versus Treaty United. And then on the Saturday, it's Longford Town versus Cove Ramblers. Uh, Graham, in terms of who you expect to come out of this division, like who who do you expect? I mean, will it be Waterford and Longford kind of bouncing back straight away, or is there do, do you see Cork City maybe making more progress than they have done in recent times? Yeah, I do. But I, I was talking to Pat Morley recently, and he was down watching a Waterford game, and he said Waterford looked really, really strong, and he'd be really surprised having seen the teams around them that he'd be really surprised if Waterford don't bounce straight back up. So I, 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 I trust him and what he's saying and what he's seeing. Um, I, I think they've got a really good manager who knows his way around that league. I think they need to be a bit more settled. And again, I think if the owner stays away from it <laughs> as much as he can, Watford might bounce back up straight away. And James, in regards to the likes of Treaty United, who actually did quite well last season, maybe pre-season expectations were a bit more limited going into the 2021 season. Uh, is there anybody else do you kind of see challenging Bray Wanderers potentially as well? Uh, Bray potentially, I think. Um, the, the, the off the field join up with Cabin Teeley, the official Bray TV or whatever we want to call them now from now on. But uh, that will be, in, be interesting. But um, Treaty, in fairness, Treaty only had a week last season to put together a squad. And they did that. So there'll be a little bit more pressure on them now with with the season ahead, I think, uh, but I think we're realistically we're looking at Waterford, Cork, maybe if they get it together, and Galway. I'd say that's where we're looking at really for that. 
Okay. And in regards to the Premier Division, uh, very quickly, predictions, which we're going to remind you at the end of the season, obviously, and kind of hold over you for the, for the remainder of this campaign. Um, James, starting with yourself, uh, winner, top four, and then relegation playoff slash going straight down. Winner, Shamrock Rovers. Winner, winner, <laughs> winner, I would suggest Shamrock Rovers, and then win it with about a game or two to go. I think it'd be closer this year than last year. Top four, obviously Rovers. Oh, God. See, that's a difficult one. I'd love to say Pat, Derry, and then Sligo and Dundalk just outside of Dundalk. Mike Crippen, so I can't see Bowes being in the top four this year at all. Relegation for this season. He'll kill me because he'll probably see me next week. Uh, Ollie, Ollie, Ollie will probably kill me. I can't. I, I think this might be the season the Finn Harps actually go down, depending on how good slash badly UCD get off to a kick. Okay, fair enough. And Anthony, uh, same winner, top four, relegation playoff, and uh, going straight down. Yeah, very similar to James. I think Shamrock Rovers to win uh, top four. Uh, Pat Sterry and Dundalk. I think UCD, as Graham said, like Kerrigan and Whelan are our two smashing players. They've actually done well to, to keep them over the offseason, but you know, their degree cycle ends in the summer and it'll be hard to keep them beyond that. So they, you know, they really need to get points on the board. Although I like uh, Andy Myler, I think is, is a really good coach there and he, he seems very well regarded. Uh, but I do think UCD are going to go back down. And then after that, uh, I hope this isn't the case because they are my team. But I, I, Drada could get sucked into it along with Finn Harps. I, I think one of them might get sucked into that relegation playoff spot. All right, and Graham, uh, are you going to say something that's not going to be Shamrock Rovers win the league, or oh, are you going to come on, Graham? Are you going to mix it up? I have to give you my football opinion, not what we. <laughs> I actually, I'll throw a spanner in. I think there'll be Rovers, Dirty Pats, and I think Shells, Shells could break into the top four. Interesting, and uh, at the and the other end. Uh, I think UCD will go down uh, again. I, yeah, it's just hard for them to get momentum, and the, and it's hard when your your home games are so like there's more away fans at your home games. That's a difficult that's a difficult thing to play in for the for the for young players, you know. So, and I think Finn Harps will go into the uh, into the playoff, and it'd be and then I think they'll have yeah. That's that's my prediction. Yeah, I'd never thrown on. I'd never thrown on draw the right hand. <laughs> I was can't believe it on that. Yeah, we're we're, we're going to print those I'll out. And... I'll see him up. I'll see him up at Windmill Road one day. Quick, <laughs> quick one for you though. Top goal scorer. Ooh. Doyle. Oh, oh Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're, I think I think Owen Doyle's going to be across the board, isn't he? I think he's going to yeah. get the chances and. You don't like see. See like the league, right? See the see the pitches in the league. The likes of Richmond Park was suit oil as well. He scored a lot more goals because it's a tighter pitch. And I know that doesn't people think ah, that doesn't make a difference. Got pitch to pitch. I'm telling you, like you score more goals at home because the pitch is tighter. He doesn't have to get. He doesn't have to rely on his athletic ability at his age. He can be in around the box. And it's one thing that Pat's lacked last year was somebody to finish the ball. There we are, Graham Gartland, Owen Doyle, old man. Staying in the box, <laughs> scoring goals yeah, like that. Little yeah, dig at the exactly. end of the podcast, like that, Graham. Well done. Uh, yeah, yeah and who's your, who's your headline? 
Yeah, both Doyles, um, both Owen and Mark will be on the TV as Pats go to shells. So that'll be RT2 and RT player Friday night. He's, he's a different level, this guy. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, get, a bo- I, I, I get a bonus. I get a bonus for every mention. Not true, but uh, yeah. anyway, that, that's going to be on seven thirty. Uh, RT2 RT player on Friday night. So that's to look forward to. Then there's Dundalk Derry the same night. Shamrock Rovers, UCD, Finhart, Strada, and then on Saturday, Sligo v Bowes and. That'll be the grandstand to the new season. Graham, James and Anthony, thanks a million for joining us this week. Pleasure, thanks. Thanks, Rob.